Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Monday, November 1st. Happy November, everyone. 2021 sure is flying by, and I don't know if it's because 2020 felt like it took forever to get through or what, but it is almost the end of the year. We've got holidays approaching. I'm excited. I love this time of year. I love fall and I love the holiday stuff. So hope you do as well. Hope you've got some cool travel plans coming up to close out 2021. Coming up on today's show, though, I'll be joined by Tori Emerson Barnes, Executive Vice President, Public Affairs and Policy at the U.S. Travel Association. We will discuss the current state of U.S. travel and what's to come when the border reopens next week. But first, as we do for every show, in case this is your first time listening, Let's dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. We begin with the staffing issues troubling the travel industry continuing on. We know that the hotel industry has suffered staffing issues for a while now. That's not been a secret by any. Uh, Unfortunately, we're seeing it hit the airline industry more and more now over the last month. And this past weekend, American Airlines had to cancel more than 1,000 flights, claiming bad weather at its uh, Dallas-Fort Worth hub and also due to staffing shortages. I flew on Delta Airlines to Dallas, Texas this past Friday and then back home to Atlanta, Georgia on Sunday. The entire weekend had beautiful weather in the low 70s in, in Dallas area. Um, it was a bit windy at times, I will get, I will say that. But how much of it was on the wind for these cancellations and delays? How much of it was on the staffing shortage? Either way, I'm glad I was on Delta and I feel awful for those who had travel plans disrupted. Nobody wants that. It's the worst. And I hope those people were able to get home safely and not have too much of their travel plans ruined. Earlier in October, we had Southwest. They had to cancel a ton of flights claiming bad weather also, uh, but many in the uh, industry pondered how much of that was on the weather versus how much of it was to do with their pilots and the vaccine mandate. Last week, uh, Delta CEO said a pilot shortage is coming, which is unfortunate. Uh, my brother-in-law is a former pilot. He took the option out in 2020 when there just weren't that many flights happening and a lot of you know airlines were offering deals you know to stop working at the time Um, so he took that and as of right now he doesn't plan to return back and he told me several others uh, that he worked used to work with uh, are feeling the same way you know I I can't say how much he was offered to return uh, but let's just say it was a pretty penny Uh, airlines are desperate to get people to return so how does this staffing issue get resolved is it the vaccine mandate is the main source do policies need to be changed do incentives need to be offered to lure in new help Something needs to be done because the pent-up demand for travel is there. It's going to keep growing. We're going to see more and more people coming here into the into the U.S. as well. You know, the industry cannot afford another blowback. So what say you? Hit me with your thoughts via email to the podcast at TravelPulse.com email address or reach out to me on Twitter and Instagram at Eric Bowman underscore. All right, moving over to destination news. There were a ton of key travel advisories announced in October. Um, you can check out the top 15 over on TravelPulse.com. Some to note, though, are France, Iceland, Morocco, Portugal, South Africa, and the Dominican Republic all moved to a level three reconsider travel, and Croatia jumped to a level four do not travel due to COVID-19, which I found interesting here because I know people who recently went to Croatia and had nothing but positive things to say. In fact, just last week, I got an email uh, from podcast listener Christy Conan uh, Man. I apologize, Christy, if I butchered your last name there. But Christy emailed me last week saying she had the best uh, time. She, uh, quote, it was the best country to visit. It is so safe. You do not have to worry about things like you do in other countries, end quote. She had a great time. But as, as a reminder, you know, these are recommendations by the U.S. State Department and the CDC. 
You are free to do as you please in your travels, obviously. Um, but be cautious in your travel planning and make sure you work with a travel advisor if you're not already. There are many ways to find great travel advisors out there in your area. Uh, things are always changing, so it's great to have someone in your corner to help you throughout the travel process. And I know a lot of my travel advisor listeners out there will echo that. And you know, But we do have some good news on the reopening front, which is very nice. Thailand is now open to vaccinated travelers. Barbados removed its quarantine requirement for fully vaccinated international travelers. And the Cayman Islands will remove its quarantine policy for fully vaccinated travelers uh, starting November 20th. Um, just in time for the holiday travel period, which is which is big for Cayman Islands. They've been one of the strictest countries out there, uh, destinations as far as limiting arrivals. You know, they've really stopped cruising. They kind of changed a lot of their tourism thoughts and processes moving forward. But it's so great to finally see that they've got a date there, welcoming in with no quarantine in place. So I don't think I don't think there should be a quarantine anywhere in place if you're fully vaccinated. But I digress. Anyway, speaking of the holiday travel period, though. Um, Allianz released data on which destinations rank highest among Americans' Thanksgiving holiday travel plans. The top five domestic destinations are New York City, Seattle, Boston, uh, my hometown of Atlanta, go Braves, and uh, Dallas, Texas. The top five international destinations are Cancun, Mexico, San Jose del Cabo, Mexico, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, London, and uh, Montego Bay, Jamaica. So you can check out the full list over at TravelPulse.com. If you are traveling this Thanksgiving, let me know where. I would love to know your travel plans and what you've got going on. And I hope and pray that you do not get hit with any sort of cancellations, delays, or super long lines. But you're probably going to get hit with some long lines. So make sure you show up to the airport even earlier than you actually think you should. Because I'm telling you, that's just how it's probably going to be. Because it's kind of like that every holiday season, though, you know? It just, there's always crowds and even last year, I mean, there weren't that many crowds last year, obviously, because there wasn't a whole lot of travel going on. But this year, expect even more crowds. Moving over to cruise news, we'll start first with the bad news. Uh, Panda Expeditions announced that it will not be returning to service in 2022 or 23. It will cease operating indefinitely due to a lack of funding and the closure of key destinations in Asia. Unfortunate news indeed, as the pandemic claims another business in the travel industry. But we do have some good news in the cruise industry, as last week, Carnival held an onboard fundraiser on the Mardi Gras cruise ship, and they raised a record amount for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Christine Duffy, president of Carnival Cruise Line, said, quote, Along with welcoming our guests back on board, our restart allows us to get back to meeting the goal of raising $30 million by 2025 for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. We are proud to support such a worthy cause and even more proud of guests for opening their hearts and raising close to $22,000 for St. Jude in one day, end quote. You love to see it, folks. You love to see it. Elsewhere in the cruise world, Royal Caribbean made flexibility changes for passengers that should be welcome news for a lot of cruisers out there. Uh, guests will have more time to cancel a cruise and still receive a credit. The final payment will be extended until closer to cruise time, and a COVID-19 plan was added to cover passengers if anyone tests positive within 14 days of the cruise or while on board. Speaking of Royal Caribbean, the Royal Caribbean Group posted its Q3 results. While they did not meet their estimates for quarterly revenue, pent-up demand and growing expendable income has analysts optimistic for 2022 and beyond. 50 out of 61 ships will have returned to service by the end of the year, and uh, the Freedom of the Seas actually recently sailed at 85% occupancy. So great stuff there for, for the cruise industry. When will they return to 100% fleet capacity? Uh, it's likely to vary uh, by cruise line, but um, when they return to full service, but Cruise Lines International Association, which represents all major cruises, uh, vice, their vice president, Charles Sylvia, said the cruise industry is moving into, quote, 
the final chapter of our successful restart as we look forward to 100% of our fleet capacity being in service by early 2022. That would be fantastic. Uh, Royal Caribbean did say on the earnings call that 100% capacity will likely be around uh, summertime of 2022. And I think most cruise lines are anticipating a stronger summer 2022, obviously a lot stronger than 21 and the non-existent 2020. Oh, sad times. Um, But a good chunk of passengers are definitely people who rescheduled. Uh, But the new bookings will keep coming. I have faith in that. And as as you should as well out there to my cruise advisors, it it will certainly be interesting to see what the, uh, what the numbers look like in the summer of 2022. Uh, But I'll be really intrigued on what the holiday in the winter time for 2022 into 23 looks like, you know, that's a year out from now. Uh, close to a year out, but uh, I think that time frame is really going to be telling for what the future holds for the cruise industry. Anyone care to make a prediction? Drop me an email. That pretty much wraps up what we've got trending and travel in the last week. Any additional thoughts, comments, feedback, drop me an email, podcast at travelpulse.com. Now let's bring on this week's interview guest. And now joining me on the podcast is Tori Emerson Barnes, Executive Vice President's Public Affairs and Policy with the U.S. Travel Association. Welcome to the show, Tori. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Awesome. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and the U.S. Travel Association. Sure. So I lead public affairs and policy for our organization that is the national voice representing the travel industry. We really represent all of the different sectors. So everyone from airlines to hotels to destination marketing organizations, retail, um, rental car you name it. And uh, we've really focused uh, primarily on growing travel to and within the U.S. pre-pandemic and now uh, have been focused on uh, relief, recovery, and now our eyes are on the future and and how can we really rebuild uh, the industry for uh, sustained growth and, uh, and strength. Wonderful. Yes, we all all need the industry to to build back stronger than ever. So back in April, you spoke on the state of travel and tourism during COVID before the Senate Commerce, Science and Transportation Committee's Tourism, Trade and Export Promotion Subcommittee. Say that five times fast. Uh, (laughs) As we start November here, uh, what is the state of U.S. travel and tourism right now in your eyes? Are things about to boom? Well, you know, things are things are doing well, but it's really an uneven recovery Uh, before uh, the devastating pandemic. We had 1.1 trillion in traveler spend in the U.S., which generated 2.6 trillion in economic impact and supported 15.8 million jobs. And that was that was 2019. Travel was also the second largest industry export, uh, generating a trade surplus of 1 billion. And so, really, travel came to a halt at the onset of this health crisis, and and was arguably the hardest hit industry. Uh, in 2020, travel spending in the U.S. plummeted uh, 42%, costing the U.S. economy over $500 billion. And so, you know, the declines really affected the travel workforce. 5.6 million travel-supported jobs were lost, which was 65% of all jobs lost in the U.S. So, you know, things were really rough, but we're optimistic. You know, the good news is really that travelers can prepare for resumed travel to the United States on the international side starting November 8th. Um, so that's, that's good news. We have seen domestic travel really uh, help carry a lot of the, of the folks that are traveling here and, and help boost the economy. Uh, and we're really importantly looking at at business travel you know getting back out there that's that's really one that's a little bit slower um, but we are optimistic now with our borders reopening on november 8th to vaccinated travelers uh and then you know we're we're really hopeful that um 
you know, 88% in travel spending uh, will get back to 2019 levels by next year. So we're, we're looking pretty strong uh, in that regard. But obviously, there's still a lot of work to do to, to return to this whole economic uh, and job strength that we had in 2019. Definitely. Yes, but things are looking better than before. So that's always positive news there. And as you mentioned, November 8th, the U.S. finally reopening to international travelers. How big of an impact do international travelers make on the U.S.? You know, it's really important. It's a very high value market. These travelers, they stay longer, they spend more, uh, especially those that are coming from overseas. And we would expect an increase of about 67% in travel spending or $120 billion uh, if, if if not for more than next year, then, you know, we'll, we'll update our forecast um, coming soon. I think November 8th, well, November 15th, we'll be uh, really coming out with our revised forecast. But, you know, I think on the international side, it's not only just the economics, right? I think, you know, obviously that is critically important and, and really why we want to reopen. But, you know, when people come and they meet Americans, uh, they spend time and learn about our culture and our and, you know, the great places we have to see the destinations, the national parks, you know, and just spending time getting to know folks, they leave the much better view of, of who we are as a country and, and the good people that we have here. And, and so it's really sort of a stealth uh, public diplomacy type of, um, type of approach as well when we welcome international travelers to the U.S. So really think that this is going to be important as we move into the next year. Yes, it's absolutely huge for the industry and bringing back people. And you mentioned business travel, too, and a lot of that is, is a factor because the travel industry really needs to be face-to-face. So much is, is key with relationships and connecting in person. I mean, Zoom is great. You know, it's great, but it's not the best. And the best is being face-to-face and in person. Well, absolutely. And I mean, I think that it's it's also, you know, those, those side meetings that, that happen when you meet face-to-face or, you know, you're riding in an elevator with someone and you have a chat or you go out and have a coffee or a glass of wine and you're able to connect on a different level. And I think really, you know, relationships that were pre-existing uh, when the pandemic hit were able to be sustained. But at some point, you know, you need to be able to build new relationships. You need to be able to have conversations. I mean, a lot of strategic conversations it's just much easier to be in person together and I think as we see folks getting back out there the more that they are face-to-face the more they realize how much more important it really is to be face-to-face and uh, and so getting those business meetings and events going again I mean a lot of them are happening I mean, the media is covering the ones that are canceled um, but there are a lot of in-person meetings happening and you know the data really says that for folks that got back out there um, after the Great Re- Recession, for example, businesses that were sooner to get back into in- in-person, face-to-face meetings were much more productive, much more profitable. So there's also an important bottom line uh, reason to get back out to meetings and events as well. Definitely. Yeah, I've been to a few already this year, and it, it is very key. And you guys just had one, which we'll touch on in a bit. But first, you know, with internationals coming back uh, pretty soon, in, in a week from now, uh, it's crazy that we're in November here, but it, it's great, you know. Um, so which which destinations do you think will see the biggest travel impact over the next year with the border reopening? Well, you know, I think that that luckily there's going to be a huge benefit to to the whole of the country, right? Because, you know, <laughs> uh, we have been locked down for so long to these international folks, but, um, you know, beach areas, resort destinations uh, are really, are you know, will thrive. Uh, the land border communities, right? I mean, we've had this closure with, with 
you know, in particular Canada, where you've got a lot of folks that go back and forth across the border. So, you know, all of the northern border states will likely, um, you know, really see a benefit. And then the gateway communities for air travel. So think New York, Miami, Atlanta, L.A., San Francisco, you know, Washington, uh, Dallas, and Chicago. Those are all, you know, going to be really important um, destinations uh, as we welcome folks back in and uh, and expect to see an uptick there for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll be flying November 7th down to Miami, getting ready for our Travi Awards Gala, and then I'll be flying home later in the week so once the border has reopened. So it'll be really interesting to see how the airport differs because um, I'll be fly, I fly out of Atlanta, uh, based here in Georgia. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see what what it kind of looks like, you know, right before and then right after and how much of an influx is that versus, you know, what we're going to see potentially in the holiday time. Yeah, I mean, we are expecting, you know, that holiday um, that for there to be, you know, an uptick uh, as we move into the holiday season. I mean, nearly half of American travelers have plans to travel for 2021, um, you know, for the, just for the Thanksgiving holiday. And that's up about 20 percent from 2020. But I think to your point, you know, what is it what does it mean with the international inbound um, the folks coming here as well? You know, we've seen a huge number of increase in intent to book, uh, from especially from from folks in in Europe and the UK, just since the announcement of the November eighth date. So, you know, we expect there will be um, uh, some significant changes. So, you know, I think folks should just be prepared um, that uh, that things will look a lot more normal in in the skies. Definitely. Yeah. And if you're thinking of planning travel, you should definitely jump on things quick because prices are, are likely to rise as more and more people fluctuate into the country and you know, demand keeps keeps pumping up there. Um, so you touched a little bit about holiday season um, with Thanksgiving and stuff, there, but there has been some concern you know, about TSA staffing shortages for Thanksgiving. Um, this past weekend, American Airlines had to cancel flights due to staffing problems as well. So do you think the potential staffing shortages around the industry might hinder things or uh, is that too much talk? more so than that, what's actually happening. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that there, I think that there's some talk. I mean, I think obviously at the holidays, we've, we've historically always seen um, challenges in the airports. You know, I personally am someone that has TSA pre-check and clear, and I think it's the best way to travel, (laughs) Um, especially if you're flying out of DCA. But I think that, you know, there was some concern around some of the vaccine mandates, but we expect there to be some leniency uh, as it relates to to those workers uh, until 2022. So we're we're hoping that that things will stay um, you know intact and that we won't have any um, any challenges at least as it relates to TSA and CBP. Um, but you know I think this always is a, a challenge. You know these issues around the holidays, and I think that there are some policy things that we can do um, to better uh, enable us a, a more seamless facilitation of travel. Uh, and right now I think it's, you know, folks getting kind of used to getting back out there and maybe not being as proficient as they, as they once were, um, with travel. But I think the more that folks are doing it, the more that they get used to it again, you know, definitely take advantage of those, um, trusted traveler programs because it's going to be, um, your best bet, especially at the holidays. Definitely. So the U S travel association recently held its first future travel mobility event, uh, can you elaborate? What is the future of travel mobility for the industry, and how do you think the U.S. travel will be different in the years to come? 
Absolutely. You know, we're really excited. Our eyes really are on the future. Um, you know, innovative transportation solutions are, are really more than just a customer preference. They're absolutely a necessity. And as we look to the future of our industry, there's a huge opportunity to build uh, the travel industry in a stronger, more modern, more globally competitive way than ever before. Uh, and so we had a really great day where we had the intersection of the travel, transportation, and technology sectors to really dive into some meaty policy issues and, and hear from some great folks. We had President of General Motors, Mark Royce. We had Delta's President and CEO, Ed Bastian. We had Josh Geigel, who's the uh, President or CEO and co-founder of the Virgin Hyperloop. And we heard from Joby Aviation and Boom Supersonic CEOs amongst uh, elected officials and Secretary Mayorkas and Secretary Buttigieg from our government. And, you know, really, it was a conversation that was so important around sustainability, seamless and secure travel and emerging and innovative technologies. Uh, you know, we had, we did a recent Ipsos survey that, that really highlighted the fact that the demand for travel will only increase if Americans have access to more sustainable, modern travel options. So think electric vehicles, um, think, you know, uh, fuels, you know, that, that produce fewer carbon emissions for, for aircraft and, you know, improving, as we just talked about, the TSA screening hyperloops that make to travel much, much quicker, uh, especially in major corridors where you have a lot of congestion like DCA or DC to, to, to Manhattan or LA to San Francisco or, you know, any of these kind of areas where you've got a lot of congestion and, and you can really look at technology as a solution as we move into the future. So this is intended to be the first of a decade's worth of conversations on how do we actually take these great technologies, these important sustainable ways to travel and integrate them further into the travel industry so that when folks want to take a the green American road trip from New York to California, um, they can do it in a, in a way that they can stop along the, the route to many other destinations because um, because they have the capability and the electric infrastructure or, um, or a, a faster way to get there versus the hyperloop. So really just trying to make sure we're ready as an industry to welcome um, all of these technologies into the future. Absolutely. It's such an important conversation to have of where we're at and how we bounce back and recover from the pandemic and how do we make the industry stronger and better and more sustainable towards the future. And again, just a better overall industry. And I think sustainability is key on that. We we see it in some of the content we post and in the reactions that people have. And I think that's amazing about the survey that you did that a lot of people were focused on. They will travel more if it's going to be more sustainable and they can have more eco-friendly options. And And Hertz just recently announced a deal with Tesla. So I think we're going to see more electri mm -hmm. electrical vehicles in there. And then the uh, the Hyperloop stuff is really cool. And then the supersonic. And I I think the future is, is it has so much potential of, of how to make the travel industry better and stronger and I think that the mobility bin, I was listening in and, and there were a lot of great things that were said. And I know it was a hybrid um, in-person and virtual thing. So I'm looking forward to the future of it being 100% in-person, hopefully. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we had we had a great turnout. We did do the live stream. Um, all of our speakers were in person with the exception of two, um, one being uh, Secretary Mayorkas because he had had a COVID diagnosis. And so at least he was still welcome to are uh, able and healthy enough to join us. And then um, Secretary Buttigieg, who's got brand new twins and, you know, is, is limiting in person 
uh, events, but you know, moving forward, we will continue to to really focus on that that in person because again, as we talked about, that is really important. It's those it's those in person connections that are are critical, and I think the opportunity for these conversations that we had um, on sustainability, on seamless, secure, and innovative technologies, you know, I think really we as an industry need to be holistically prepared. Um, and, and this will enable us to be to be stronger, right? At the end of the day, we need to be planning for what's going to happen 10 years from now, 15 years ago, from, from now, um, if we really want to be on the cutting edge. And, you know, across the globe, um, you know, there are, there's competition, right? We want to make sure people want to come to the U.S., that people within the U.S. want to and can travel around in a, in a, in a seamless way. A way that's also secure. Um, and so this is a great opportunity to, to advance these policies and the conversations that will enable all of that. Absolutely. So Tori, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Any closing thoughts or words that you want to pass on to our listeners here? No, I mean, I think just get out there and travel. It really is liberating. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, it is a safe journey, um, you know, actually, according to Harvard and um, at DOD and the Mayo Clinic data, it's it's actually safer to be on an airplane with the with the mask mandate um, than than it is to be in the grocery store or in an inside restaurant. So, you know, not that I want to discourage going to those places, but you know, it is it is safe, and and the whole travel ecosystem has really important processes and health protocols in place to to help uh, ensure that folks are confident in their travel journey. So hope everyone stays safe. Hope everyone gets the vaccine so we can get to an even more normal life here in the, in the short term. Um, but just, you know, really and truly um, travel changes us. It makes us happier. It makes us more open to new ideas. And, and I hope everyone will get out there and do a little bit of traveling here in the short term. It really does. Yes. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Tori. Thank you so much for joining. Had a great time talking all this travel stuff. So really appreciate it. Um, let people know uh, the website that they can check out U.S. Travel Association and how they can follow you on social media. Sure. Uh, we're at ustravel.org. And uh, we also are on um, LinkedIn, on uh, Twitter, on Facebook, and uh, on Instagram. So definitely check us out. Again, ustravel.org and all of our information is there. Excellent. Thank you, Tori. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Eric. Appreciate you. Thanks again to Tori for jumping on the show today and talking all things U.S. travel and tourism. Had a great time. She had fantastic insights there. Be sure to check out ustravel.org and follow them for all your U.S. travel needs. And if you'd like to be on the show sometime, drop me a line. You know the email. I've said it a few times already on the show. So let me know what you're all about and what you think you could bring to the table. Uh, I've got a few next few episodes lined up, but we can try to work something in uh, for the end of the year, maybe, or um, look to, you know, 2022. We're not that far away from the following year. Crazy to think about. So thanks for listening, folks. Have a great week. 